Ah, uh, Evan, it's a great thing we did the show, man. Because the Bengals won. So I'm going to give full credit to Evan's new place at On the Shore. Evan Kaposi joining us over Zoom again. A wonderful addition to the show. Max McDoolin is here. Max, you're back. It's good to be back in the studio. Yeah, he came back because the Bengals won, I think, Evan. Sure. And and now you have to sit here, and it's Bengals-Bears week, and it's essentially the entire point of an on-the-shore podcast to um, Ohio slash Texas transplants that are now living in Chicago, and the Cincinnati Bengals, our favorite team, gets to play your favorite team, the Bears, Evan. It's like a perfect on-the-shore storm. Right, and here's the thing. You guys are you guys are, are living good right now. Want to know a huge win. I'm over here. I just got embarrassed on Sunday Night Football. So we're in two different spots here, but it's going to be a fun week for sure. Yeah, Max, in terms of getting embarrassed on Sunday Night Football, the Bengals have quite a bit of an experience with that, especially with the man that's at quarterback for the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Yikes, what a segue. In Andy Dalton. I mean, we've seen numerous um, Sunday night disappointments. The one that stands out to me really big is the on to Cincinnati game where the Patriots were blown out by the Chiefs in primetime, the Alex Smith-led Chiefs, and the Bengals were undefeated and were hosting uh, the Patriots on Sunday night football. And it was all big, oh, we're going to go 4-0, da-da-da, and all Bill Belichick said in his press conference was, we're on to Cincinnati. We're, no, we're, we're on to Cincinnati. We're, we're on to Cincinnati. And then at that press conference, every Bengals fan on the planet was like, Oh, we are in trouble, man. There is no way in hell we're going to win this game. Six Gronk spikes later, 30-point blowout. And, you know, you realize your place in the NFL. And I think that's what the Bears realized last night. Any type of dream, not last night, on Sunday night, any type of dreams, Evan, of being this elite team are out the window. And any type of dreams of being... I don't know, a for-sure playoff team are out the window. Maybe if Justin Fields gets really hot, they can be an exciting team that makes the playoffs. But, I mean, this isn't a great Bears team, and I think we found that out week one. Yeah, here's the thing, okay? The Bears, pretty much their entire existence have been built off of the defense, and that was some of the worst defense I've seen from a Bears team in a long time on Sunday night. It was, I mean, I'm, the fact that Van Jefferson – can get that wide open and then not get touched on the, on the you know first drive for the Rams in that game. I it was, I knew at that point I'm like, it's going to be a long night. It's going to be a long night. Um, I'm not going to lie though. Here's the thing, I was actually okay with how Andy Dalton played. His stat line doesn't look great. He threw a lot of short passes. They didn't even attempt to pass 15 or more yards downfield, which obviously we're going to have to get to at some point. But I think the offense moved the ball fairly well. I think that they did a good job moving the football. David Montgomery I picked up right where he left off last year. Um, but here's the thing. This team, is it's not going to be, like you said, they're not a for-sure playoff team. They really got to hit a stride to get there. Yeah, well, they can't make that many coverage mistakes um, this coming weekend. I mean, they're facing way too good of a passing offense. And frankly, the Bengals' wide receivers are better than the Rams. Um I think that's that's a that's an undoubted statement. I, I don't know where you sit on that, Max. I mean, the Rams are running out Cooper Cup, and you know, you know, Gerald Everett is a tight end, but there's nothing really ex- as explosive or with as high of. Let's say this, maybe not at this moment what they've accomplished, Max. But in terms of their ceiling, the Bengals' wide receiver core has a lot more potential to cause a lot more problems than what the Rams just did 
to the Bears, which was quite a few problems. Yeah, and, and I think the, the other thing that you've got to address with the Bengals is that you have to pick your poison when you're the Bears, right? Do you want, you know, do you want T. Higgins to be a target, you know, across the middle as a physical wide receiver? Do you want to possibly be vulnerable to the deep ball and one-on-one coverage to Jamar Chase? We saw how that went uh, opening day. Do you want to possibly open yourself up to Tyler Boyd along the sidelines? Do you want to leave Uzama open on drag routes? Like, you cannot cover everyone. You can't double-team everyone. And Joe Burrow is uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL at identifying um, who's going to get the best look on any given play. We've already yeah. seen that in his second season. He, he just played it last week. I think the biggest thing for the Bears, though, um, again, as you guys have already uh, discussed, um, is is embracing maybe winning ugly a little bit while Andy Dalton is under center. I think that you know everyone likes the flashiness of the NFL nowadays, and the Bears continue to be one of those teams that I think has to embrace the winning ugly mentality. Yeah. It's okay to win 17-13. It's okay to give up field goals. Um, it's okay to win the possession game. I think that's how they're going to win football games. The NFC North looks like a horrible division this year, right? I mean, uh, the Packers obviously are favored and should win it, but if – they have another performance, uh, anything like what happened at week one, which we don't expect to happen, but it absolutely could. Yeah. They don't have weapons there in Green Bay. But they might be the one of the worst first-place teams. So. Yeah, but that's what I mean is that the, the division is wide open. Um, it's games like this that the Bears have to come into feeling confident, and, and after the week one performance, you just have to wipe that away. you got to learn from it. But these are the games that if the Bears want to win the division as this ugly 9-8, and 10-7 and seven team, um, they have to win. Yeah, but it's just so annoying because these are the two teams I follow closest. My childhood team and the team that I, you know, work in this city, I live in this city. You got to know about the Bears, and I very much like football, so I'm paying attention. Um, Justin Fields is like the X factor here. Justin Fields is where I, as a Bengals fan, go, okay, let me look. What's the problem? What are we, we going to face against the Bears that we can't handle? Okay, they have a weak offensive line, which is great because our defensive line is healthy. And it is a much different unit than what you're probably reading about on the short fans. The rumors about what the Bengals' defensive line is, that it's negative, that it's not a good unit, it's really not true. They caused tons of problems for Minnesota, and I think Chicago's offensive line is right on par with the Vikings. Not very good. So there's going to be a lot of problems for Andy Dalton. The only thing, Max, as a Bengals fan that would terrify me is a quarterback that can make his own plays that can extend plays, that can throw the ball down the field, that can make these Bengals' corners cover for longer than three seconds. Because Cincinnati has a good enough secondary in terms of corners to cover for two or three seconds. And they have good enough safeties that they'll cover those initial routes very well. But if you have a guy that can extend it a little bit or you can't get pressure, and we saw this with Phillip Rivers against the Bengals. I mean, everybody, 17 sacks only for Cincinnati last year then that's when you get torn up. But right now, Andy Dalton's not going to have that option. He won't have time, and he can't extend plays, and he can't just chuck it downfield. The Bears' offense is going to have, it's going to be impotent in the same way that it was last Sunday against the Rams. Maybe not as drastically. You don't have an Aaron Donald up there. But I don't see him score, score more than 21 points with Andy Dalton under center. I really don't. And do you really see this Bears team, Evan, holding Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, under 20 points to win this game. I just, I really don't see it. Not with how the defense played last week. If that's the same unit that shows up this Sunday, then it's going to be a long game. 
for that Bears team. I think that Viking, the Vikings defense is better than the Bears. I After watching those pieces, I think the Bears defense is old in spots. I, I think they're complacent in spots. I don't they're think secondary. they're as elite as they used to be. Their secondary is weak. Right. I, I, there, there's a recipe of a Joe Burrow 400-yard, five-touchdown game. I'm, I'm not kidding. Well, especially the Bears' coverage grade last week was in the 30s, and the Bengals' receiving grade last week, talking about PFF grades, was 78.8. One the highest in the league. Only two, only team with two players in the top 13 in terms of wide receiver grades of PFF, Cincinnati Bengals. Top five team in terms of defensive line performance from PFF, the Cincinnati Bengals. This is dangerous for the Bears, Evan. Uh, where's your fear level at in terms of them going 0-2? You as a Bears fan. Because as Bengals fans, we're at a point where if this team's legitimate, they're going to go into Soldier Field and get a win. That's where Cincinnati fans are sitting. Where are you sitting as a Bears fan in terms of fear level or what you think this Bears team has to do or is capable of doing? Well, I'll tell you this. My fear level is a little bit lower because of the fact that we're playing in Soldier Field. That, that puts me at ease a little bit. The home field advantage should be you know, helpful, at least to this team. I, I'm, I'm nervous all around the board, if I'm being completely honest, because the way the defense played last week, that's unlike it. In, you know, in, my, in my time watching and following the Chicago Bears, I haven't seen a defensive performance especially from the secondary, looked that bad as it did on Sunday. Um, and, and, and like you guys hit already, the Bengals receivers are great. Their offense has been great. You know, in week one, they were awesome. Burrow looks great. My point that I talked about last week about Burrow starting slow, that clearly didn't happen. He looks up to speed with everything. Yeah. He looks good. Well, um, you know, there being a, there's, there's rumors of a pitch count in terms of dropbacks that this coaching staff has kind of put on Joe Burrow. So we'll see. Maybe it's only 25 true dropbacks per game. Um, that's a rumor I've heard, so we'll see. Right. I like the point about the home field advantage, though, because I, I didn't think that much of it um, until we were at the Bengals game last weekend. And, you know, the Vikings, three false starts to start the game because, yeah. you know, these, there were no silent snap counts last season, which was something that's been discussed a lot in the offseason. The Bengals are going to be walking into a very rambunctious, loud, rowdy, frustrated Soldier Field, and those fans, at least in the first quarter, are going to be affecting the game. And if the Bears can force a little bit of confusion and a little bit of frustration defensively early, you know that sets the tone yeah. for a much more frustrating battle. I'm, I'm more worried about the communication on defense. I'm not worried about the offense and crowd noise. I think that's anybody that's following the Bengals or the type of preparedness that they have or what Joe Burrow is and will be as a quarterback and a leader. I, I, I don't know. I, I think Joe Burrow, I'm not worried about Joe Burrow. We're talking about Hopkins here. We're, oh, talk, yeah, we're, talk, we're I mean, talking about the offensive line. Well, if the quarterback's calm, it usually pervades through the roster. But I could see some first quarter issues as well. I mean, I, I could see that. I, I don't know. I'm not too worried about home field advantage. Well, and for me, it, it's, it's a big thing because that's why that's why I actually kind of like having Andy Dalton uh, in this game is because I think as a veteran, he he he's played in this type of situation before, where he, you know, not where he's getting booed like this, man. But he's played no. against, but he's also played against the Bengals. He's already gotten that out of the way, so that's right. the other thing. There's no pressure on him from that standpoint. He played his best game last year against the Bengals. Right, and throwing and throwing, uh, you know, fields. I think fields would be fine, but Dalton can go in there as a veteran. He 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 will know how to handle the situation where he the defense are already going to be on their heels at the start of that game because of the fact that Soldier Field is going to be so rowdy and so loud. Yeah. As, for me, that's just I that's I, that's one of the benefits for having Dalton in this game. I, I just think that because of the temperature of the Bears franchise right now. Last week, the Bengals home crowd. What, the reason they were what they were was because of the temperature of the Bengals. The temperature of the Bears 
if the Bengals just go down the field and go up 7 nothing, and Andy Dalton throws a pick or has a three and out, that home field advantage quickly flips to a home field advantage for the Bengals. Quickly. Because now it becomes, you've got your coach fearing for his life on the sideline, and it's going to get real hostile in there. Because guys like me who are going to be wearing Bengals jerseys in the stadium are going to be really, really excited. That's the thing is there are going to be a lot more Bengals fans here than Bears fans anticipate, too. Um, this is a huge road trip for Bengals fans this year. Yeah, I spoke to probably, I would say, 15 people uh, who were out and about tailgating and probably another ran, another random 15 people in lines who were all... There wasn't one person that I spoke to who wasn't coming to Chicago, actually, for this game. Yeah, because uh, it's it's the it's it's, it's the, an easy trip. It's the easiest big city to drive to from Cincinnati. We only play in Chicago once every eight years. Also, it can be a day trip. It's one of those drives. It's like Pittsburgh fans who drive to Cincinnati. Yeah, you know, if you don't want to stay overnight, you can you can leave uh, Sunday morning, get here by game time, and leave after the game. And because they won, a lot of people that might have been on the fence were like, "Hell, well, you know, might as well go while they're undefeated." And so I just think that. I don't see Soldier Field, you know, not to disrespect your guys' opinion, I don't see Soldier Field as a factor at all right well, now because and of where the Bears are and just the type of environment I expect on Sunday. Well, here's the thing, too. It, it, your point about that is good, but I think it's not even not even more so the amount of Bengals fans that will be there. It, it's it's what we talked about last week, Lucas, where the Bear, where Bears fans just at the – I mean, they over, you know, over-criticize everything and all these little things. If it, First drive of the game, if Dalton throws a pick and the Bengals go up 7 nothing. It's not going to be the Bengals fans that are going to be causing you know the issues. It's going to be Bears fans who are going to be calling yeah, for Justin for the Fields. Bears. It's, right, that's, that's what I mean. It's, but that that's that's the whole thing we talked about last week with Bears fans, and so it 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 can go any which way. I think at least to start the game though, it's it'll play a little bit of a factor for sure. Yeah, I just think the number one matchup to watch out for is this Bengal wide receiver core against this Bears secondary. I think it is a, I think it's a cut artery type of weakness for the Bears. I think that's what it's going to end up being because here's the bottom line about the Bengals. You can't stuff the run. You can't stuff the box on the run. And you can't bail out and play, you know, nickel or quarters defense. You can't do that. You can't do either of those things. You have to play pretty much base 4-3 or maybe you can run out a nickel defense. Maybe. Maybe. Um, And that's how you're going to have to play. And good luck. Like that's that's a, you're gonna have to cover guys one one. The the teams that gave the Bengals the most trouble last year before they even added Jamar Chase, before they even added who might be their number one wide receiver, who got the most third down targets, right? Who got the big targets in the game, who was the primary receiver on a majority of the plays. Before they even added him, the teams that the Bengals would struggle against a year ago were teams that were great in man to man coverage. Because as smart as Joe Burrow is in terms of breaking down defenses. That's his strength. It doesn't matter how well you break down the defense if everybody is freaking covered, right? And, and you're getting pressure in your face. And the Bears just can't do that. And if you can't do that against Joe Burrow, you're going to get beat. And you're going to get beat bad through the air. And, and, and that's just the warning I'm throwing to the entire league. I mean, I, I think that's a pretty... I think anybody that's watched him play, what, the last 25 football games that he's played... If you can't play man coverage, he's dropping at least 300 yards on you. Um, or 264 when he only needs to throw 27 times. So that's that's 
That's the biggest matchup for me in this game is the Bengals wide receiver versus the Bears secondary. Max, what matchup are you are you watching as what what's going to be the key to the game for you? Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton converting third downs and in the red zone. Bears are going to have a couple of chances, absolutely. There, there's never a game where you don't. Um, and I think that this is one of those types of games where the sooner that Andy Dalton can find a groove, the less, uh, the less interactive or the less intrusive, you could argue, the crowd is going to be, the less problematic that's going to be, um, and the better that's going to bode for the entire team. So offense for the Bears has to set the tone. Um, I think there's obviously no doubt that the Bears' secondary looked so bad last week that that's going to be a major factor. But I think Andy, you know, being confident at the line, um, checking into positive things. Also, by the way, the Bears, you know, Allen Robinson has not dropped a pass that's uh, been thrown his direction more than 20 yards downfield. I didn't know that the Bears didn't throw a pass more than 15 yards last week. That's that is atrocious. I mean, if if you're game planning and you're looking at this Bengals secondary, you're looking at a situation. Yeah. You have to get Allen Robinson in a couple of one-on-one situations. And how you do that is you set the tone in the run game. That way, Bates and Bell have to come into the box. Um, so that that has to happen for the Bears. I, they have to have a couple of shot plays, and and be okay with a punt interception. Um, yeah. because you you have to get Robinson in open space. Uh, he's got great hands downfield. Dalton can throw, you know, a, a, a quality deep ball. It's it's not Aaron Rodgers, but it's also not Chad Pennington, you know, who could throw the ball 20 yards downfield. So yeah. taking advantage of that, I, I think that's what I'm going to keep my eye on is the Bears' uh, completion percentage on passes more than 15 yards downfield. I know they're going to be looking at the tape uh, and going to try and do that. Um Last thing to note, too, Bengals' defense last week held a, a, a phenomenal running back, suspect offensive line, but a phenomenal running back to 3.1 yards per carry. Um, so that's going to be another thing for the Bears. They're going to have to uh, do a little bit better on the ground than the Vikings did. That way they can open up the deep shots downfield. Evan, in terms of matchups, what are you looking at? For me, I'm going to stay on the Bears' defensive side, but I'm going to go Bears' defensive line versus Bengals' offensive line because – when you have a guy like Khalil Mack and his pedigree, this dude, I mean, he did nothing last week. You, you barely saw him. Hakeem Hicks and Robert Quinn combined for one sack. That's it. That's it. You can't do that against a team like the Bengals, especially with, the, with an offensive line that's been criticized often. Yeah. Even if they did play well last week, Jordan Williams and Riley Reef had nice days in the tackle spots. But you need to get pressure. If you can get pressure on Burrow, make him uncomfortable, that will make things a little bit easier on your secondary, especially with that matchup versus the wide receiver. But it's the only path, Evan. Bears fans, if your front four are not going to generate pressure on Sunday, you're going to lose. I guarantee you. Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's it's a guarantee with the way the secondary is, with the way the Bengals wide receivers are, with the way the Bears offense will be on the other side. I guarantee you, if you cannot generate pressure consistently, it's over. It's it's over. I mean, I just there's no universe that that the Bengals lose that game unless they have like a bunch of fumbles or weird football things or special teams things happen, which I always leave open. But if it's normal game flow, you're not winning. I mean, and, and that's where the Bears have to sit. This is what you paid for on the defensive line. This is what Khalil Mack is for to to generate that pressure to cover up the holes in the secondary. But the roster construction. It gets worse and worse the longer we go here. 
as this roster ages for Ryan Pace, and you start to see a lot of the errors in roster construction start to bear out. I've been highly critical of Ryan Pace. Right. He's a horrible roster. It's like, a guy, it's like a guy that had a great body in his late 20s, and then he just beat it to hell right. for five years. And then he well, turns 40, and all of a sudden he's like, just almost dead. That's like what's happened to this Bears roster is it all is catching up to him at once. And now all of a sudden they're weak in a bunch of spots. A perfect example, Eddie Jackson. He's a dude that three years ago had five defensive touchdowns regarded a top 10 safety in the NFL. Fast forward to now, I mean, this dude, I, he could easily be the most criticized player on this defense because of how he's played. I, I haven't been impressed with the way he's played in probably a year. It's been probably 2019 since the last time I was impressed with how he played. And that's just a, a perfect example. These dudes are getting older. They're not getting any better. That's the one thing. Roquan had a nice year last year. No. But other than that, these dudes are not getting better. They're staying stagnant. And so it, it's it, as much as it is roster construction, it's also player development as well. Because I mean, Eddie Jackson shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be having a great year 2018 and you know, whatnot, and then just not getting better. That's just not how it should be. So yeah, uh, it, it's a, it's, it, there's a lot of issues on the, on the, on the defensive side of the ball uh, for the Bears. The Bears missed their window. I mean, this just feels like yeah, a they, year where yes. Nagy gets fired and Fields is going to get to start, you know, all season next year under a new coach, which is probably going to be a problem. Feels like Pace's job well, might be I on think, the line. I, mean, I think the best thing that can happen this weekend for the Bears is Joe Burrow walk in and the Bengals just kick the shit out of them. I mean, beat them up. Embarrass them so that they have to change everything. Not that Nagy gets fired, but now it's like, okay, we need to start Justin. Well, that, that's Nagy big, might get fired. to start Justin Fields. This is, this is the thing. Unless and until Andy Dalton is embarrassed, and if he's beat by his old team pretty bad by their new fresh quarterback, who Andy Dalton himself earned the Bengals with his performance in 2019... Thank you very much, Andy. Best thing you ever did for Cincinnati. Um, other than all the charity stuff. I always want to mention that. Andy's a great guy. Um, and the, the city's lucky to have a guy like that in the city, but not lucky to have him throwing footballs. Uh, <laughs> especially when hey, you got five, Justin Fields hey, right there. Five, I mean, five, charity's great, but, man, you gotta you got to be able to spin it. Five straight playoff appearances, though. I mean, but, to start his career. Yeah. And here's but, the and, thing, though. Like, like last week, I, I don't think that Andy Dalton was a problem. I think no, that he wasn't a problem last week. But the that's the problem. The secondary right. was a problem. Is that he's never right. a solution. And most of the time, he's not a problem. But on occasion, he becomes the biggest problem. And that's well, the worst type of quarterback you can have. Never and, helps, sometimes hurts. And when he becomes a problem, that is that is when things are – that's when all hell is going to break loose in Chicago. That's when if – it, if it hasn't already. If it hasn't already – I think he's going to press. I I think he's going to press because remember he was he tried his ass off to keep Joe Burrow out of Cincinnati. I mean, I would say that Andy Dalton's probably number one goal through the final four games of the Cincinnati Bengals season. I mean, you should have come back against the Dolphins. This guy did not want Joe Burrow to become the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, and he was going to do everything in his power to keep it out. And I think if Joe Burrow goes down the field and goes up seven nothing. I think Andy Dalton is going to do something that he never does, which is press. Press. And you don't want Andy Dalton pressing. The few <laughs> times that Max and I have seen Andy Dalton press, remember Thursday night against Cleveland? I'm thinking uh, 3 of 20, I think yeah. he went. Three <laughs> I, I, I know what game you're talking about right there, too. And, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, something's going to happen eventually where it, everyone's going to be like, okay, this is going to be, this has got to be unanimous, unanimous, excuse me. Well, it's probably going to be a third down 10 yard run where he dives face first. Oh and my God. 
That's normally. What was that? I was in the stadium. That's normally. Slide. That's normally. That's normally when when Andy Dalton presses. He normally does something. That's the funny thing about Andy Dalton pressing. He makes his best throw followed up by his worst decision. <laughs> right. Um, it's entertaining to watch. No, I think he will press. If you know, if it's lining up to where Joe Burrow is about to walk in to his new stadium in New City and just blow the absolute doors off of him and do something he could never do in Cincinnati, I think he'll press. And it'll get real bad real quick. So let's talk about predictions here at the end of the show. We've had a great show, fellas. It's been very fun. Um, I'll go ahead and start. So I'll give you guys time to think about it because I know I probably toss it on you. Uh, I think this is a Bengals 35-21 win, but I think it's 35-14 at a point. I think this is a... I think that the Bengals team just needed to see... It's one of those things you've got this real chippy boss who says, I promise if you keep doing this, it'll work. I promise, I promise, I promise. And that's what Zach Taylor's kind of been. And finally, it actually worked. And now all this preseason hard work can kind of lead into a week two, and you've got an advantageous opponent. And this Joe Burrow snowball has been started before. So I think it's just going to keep rolling down the hill. I think the Bengals have, a, have enough of an offensive line to handle what I think is a mediocre Bears pass rush. I think the Bengals have an elite wide receiver core, at least top seven in the league. And I think that the Bears, I don't think Jalen Johnson can cover Jamar Chase. That's before we even get into T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. I don't even know who's going to try to cover them. And I just, I don't see any way that Andy Dalton wins this game. If Justin Fields were starting, I think it would be a lot closer because the Bengals never handle players like that well. Guys who can just make things happen on their own. But because it's the Red Rifle, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in the Bengals' chances this week. I think, I think that they'll 35-21. I really do. I think 35-21. I think it's a late score, too, from the Bears. Probably from Justin Fields, who's taken over. That, that's my prediction. So Cincinnati 35, Chicago 21. Evan, what do you think? I'm going to start off by saying I'm not confident in this prediction at all. I'm not, I'm not confident at all. Just trying to keep your team from 0-2. But here's the thing. All right, it's Bears versus Bengals on this podcast right now. It, it, it would be wrong of me to pick the Bengals. I'm going to go Bears. I'm going to go Bears 27-21. I think Burrow has a great, uh, a great second half, but I think he falls short. I think the Bears pass rush steps up. I think Khalil Mack steps up. Uh, I'm talking a couple sacks, two, three sacks maybe for him. I think it would be, be a nice bounce back. Um, I think Dalton plays okay, to be honest. I think he, he does all right. I think he gets amped up at the start. But I think that he, he calms down and he, 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 he plays okay. They feed Montgomery. That's what I really want to see. Is I want them to feed David Montgomery. I want him to get the ball. They're better as an offense when he gets the ball. I'm going to say Bears 27-21, but I'm not confident. Yeah. Well, Dalvin Cook, 20 attempts, 63 yards. So if the Bengals can copy that, then – you're going to have to put it in Andy's hands. Kirk Cousins was throwing 15-yard out routes eight yards down the field, though. I think Andy can do slightly better than that. I, th- I think Kirk's better than Andy right now. Well, I do, and that's why my prediction is going to be similar to yours. I'm not going to give a score. I'm going to give an about score. I know the Bengals are going to score more than 30 points this week. I know the Bears are going to score more than 20 points this week. So uh, let's throw out a random number, 37-24. That's what I'm thinking. I think the Bengals are going to score a lot of points, and here's why. Last week, you're looking at two teams whose coaching staffs went in extremely conservative. The Bengals were super conservative. The Bears were super conservative. The Bears had lost that game before a snap had even been taken. I mean, we we didn't know how good Stafford would be out there, but we knew that that was going to be a good situation. McVay, great coach, um, and and that was probably 
about what most people expected, I think, if, if they were really looking at the rosters and the situations. So I think the Bengals will be dominant. I think the reason for it is that they're going to be more aggressive. I think the only thing that keeps them from winning this game is turnovers. Uh, they did not turn the ball over last week. They didn't force a turnover last week either, which is something to keep yeah, an eye on until overtime. Um, and that was even borderline at that. Yeah. So I think, you know, whoever wins the turnover battle in this game will probably win it. If it's even, just like last week in Cincinnati with the Vikings, I think the Bengals will come away the winners. Um, but, you know, both teams need to slow this conservative roll, right? Someone's got to get aggressive at some point. I, I, I think the Bengals, it's, it's – I think Zach Taylor has literally put the training wheels on himself. I totally think, I think he looked back at last season and says, I can't throw it 50 times a game. I have to give myself a pitch count. And right now, Nagy. So that they stick with the run. I mean, it's yeah. almost like he, he doesn't know how to naturally call a run game, so he has to almost force it. It's like you tell a pitcher, you have to hit 20% of sliders tonight. I know you get up there and you don't want to throw the damn pitch. I know it's not a great pitch, but you've got to throw the damn pitch. Then you're Sonny Gray and give up 50 home runs. <laughs> that's what happened in New York. It's yeah. exactly that. That's why you. That's why balance has to come naturally. Being yeah. a balanced team has to be a natural thing. The great thing about Joe Burrow is that he usually makes your warts look a little bit better. So that even if you're on this type of pitch count, he makes that pitch count really efficient. Um, 20 to 25 if you take out the two spikes, which would have been the highest completion percentage uh, in week one. Also, another thing we haven't mentioned this might be the first time ever Zach Taylor has a coaching advantage, uh, offensive to defensive. Sean Desai in his first year um, yeah. for the Bears, Zach Taylor actually has more NFL play-calling experience than Desai has NFL play-calling experience defensively. Also, side note, would you rather Bill Lazor be calling the offensive play oh, calls or Zach, Zach Taylor? Taylor. <laughs> Zach Taylor. Bill Lazor, we had him in Cincinnati too. So I honestly think rarely – this, this is not a positive for the Bengals coaching staff. It's more of a negative on the Bears. Other than Matt Nagy, I think the Bengals have better coaches across the board. And I think Matt Nagy is surrounded by, by not too much. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's – I just see an advantage for the Bengals. I think they have the better offensive line. I, I, think, I think they do because they're healthy. That's number one. Um, I think the Bengals have – they don't have the better defensive line, but they have a good enough defensive line to take advantage of the Bears – um, offensive line. Uh, I think the Bengals have a better secondary. I think the Bengals have a better wide receiver core. Uh, the Bears have better linebackers. So you might be able to stop the run, but it's going to just have to be the linebackers. You know, doing an honest football evaluation of both of these teams I've paid attention to all summer. I honestly, I, I'm trying not to do this emotionally. I really don't see anything else other than, uh, unless you count turnovers or special teams or something, guy. I'm really locked into a Bengals two-score win. But that's why I just, it's the I, NFL. I, it's the NFL, so it'll be close, and Zach Taylor's probably going to do something really stupid. <laughs> but this team was this close uh, this close from burying the Minnesota Vikings. And, and I, I just think that there's a chance. There's a chance for some real ugliness. Oh, 100%, um, 100% there. That's it. That, when, you're, when you're playing the Bears and you're playing Matt Nagy, that's almost a given. Yeah, but like the X factor I see for Chicago and their hope to win, in my eyes, is one, Andy Dalton revenge game. He's just on fire. Um, two, Justin <laughs> Justin Fields actually ends up starting. It's a surprise by Matt Nagy. If I'm sitting in the stadium and I see Justin Fields walk out for the first snap, I'll shit my pants. I'm like, oh, oh, we're gonna lose because they definitely didn't prepare for this. And he'll and he'll have a great game and he'll probably outscore Joe Burrow and it'll be a real frustrating one and one. You you want to talk about home field advantage? That if Fields yeah, walks out, there, walks there out. you go. Yeah, it's gonna be way different if he walks out. 
That's the thing is that I'm at the point with the Bears that if you just put Justin Fields at quarterback, I think he makes him much more relevant in this game. And this game is against the Bengals, who I think are a mediocre team in the NFL this year. So it's a move that I just think he has to make at this point. It's not Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes. Um, and, and fellas, we're a little over. This has been On the Shore. Evan, Max, we made our predictions. Two say Bengals, one say Bears. We'll see who's right come next week. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. This has been On the Shore.